This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to a special episode of Chewing the Cud. Uh, new announcement yesterday, Mr. Benitez is our new manager. Something you never thought I'd ever hear me saying, but that's the way it is. Uh, just a quick podcast today. We'll just have a quick chat about it. It's just the three of us, myself, Richie and Holly. Oh, sorry, Chris. Jesus, have I lost that yeah. much hair have I, in the last few weeks? <laughs> 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 That's what I'm doing to you. I'm saying nothing, I'm saying nothing. Uh, afternoon, lads. Hey, boys, how are you doing? Uh, it's just... Uh, uh, the kind of anger has subsided a bit now, Rich. But uh, just like I said there, I just never thought I'd be saying those words. Rafael Benitez, Everton manager. It's just... Uh, I mean, they said they said they interviewed up to forty people, or they had forty applicants. Surely, to God, there's, there's at least one better than Rafael Benitez. Surely. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I would agree with you on that. I get to it in a second. I suppose, just I suppose, like yourself, I suppose, I feel a little bit what's the word? Just bleh, about the whole thing, and just uh, the way the whole thing dragged out. You know that. Uh, as you said, the rage and the fury is kind of not fury has kind of subsided, but um, yeah, I mean the way it was leaked to us is straight out of the the Irish government's playbook. Just get the bad news <laughs> out. People used to used to what's coming and and stuff, but yeah, I mean, look, would he be my choice? No. Do I like the way he typically plays? No. Do I care that he managed Liverpool? No. But I'll still back him. You know, that's it. But yeah, look, you said about. Interviewing 40, 40 fellas in the whole lot, and you know, I suppose you're led to believe that it's a, well, what what did I say, like a, a massive search or whatever, and they interviewed and they got the right candidates and stuff. And if you, I don't know, I mean, for, from us kind of going through it a couple of weeks back and kind of giving our opinions and stuff like that, we kind of laughed it off and said that it wasn't possible that he would kind of be even in the running, not to mind get the job, but I suppose. Look, they've narrowed it down and I kind of look at Spurs, I suppose, and you see they had a two-month head start on us and Moroni and kind of got, got Nuna win. I think it was a kind of a desperation thing in the end, giving him a two-year contract. So I think that who's available hasn't helped us given the times and then it's making sure it's the right candidate. And I think that they just tried to go for someone with experience, maybe a steady set of hands and maybe someone who can have a somewhat of a smooth transition from Ancelotti given the style of play and things like that as opposed to going for someone completely different because we know how hard it is to change the squad and how long that'll take and if you've someone that can just kind of build on maybe continue as smooth as transition as is possible after where after where we're coming from but shocking um but look it is what it is and I'm just gonna roll with it now I think yeah it's just a case I haven't to. I know it's just dividing the fan base again. I mean, we've, we're kind of divided enough as it was. I think this is making it a little bit wider. Uh, I don't know what the I just don't know what the criteria I'm picking him is, Chris. Like, you read things about ah, uh, he knows the city, he lived down the road. Like, that I don't think that matters. It doesn't matter where he lives. It's just I just I still I'm trying to get my head around it, and I don't know the reasons why they picked. Benitez. It's strange, isn't it? When it was announced yesterday, seeing him with the scarf and that, it just doesn't look right, doesn't it? No, no, it's, um, it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. 
like all, all the indications would point towards it being a car crash. You know, all the science. It, it just doesn't seem a good fit. Mm. And look, my stance on it is, um, it wasn't my choice. I didn't want them. Don't particularly like them. Is it the Liverpool thing? Not massively. I take Brendan Rodgers tomorrow because he's a good coach. He's his career is in the ascendancy, you would think. Whereas Benitez, obviously, the question mark is he went to Newcastle because he couldn't get anywhere else. And he went off to China for a big payday, and now all of a sudden the Everton job's up, and he's throwing his hat in the ring. So you know, he's he's in that category of managers in his sixties where you would think maybe the game has moved on a little bit. Could be wrong, but um, look, I'm not going to go booing the guy. I'm not particularly pleased about it. I'll turn up at the Southampton game and mm. I'll be oblivious to him. I'm not going to cheer him. I'm not going to boo him. At the end of the day, I want Everton to win every game, no matter who the manager is, you know, and mm. I'll give him a chance. Um, but at the same time, I, I completely understand people who are the complete opposite direction. They hate him. They won't get over the small club thing. They think his days are past. They think he's a red. And he just, you know, it's a handy gig for him getting paid five million a year or seven million a year, living 40 minutes away with his family. You can, you really understand that. And I know one or two lads that go over religiously with me and they've said, I'm not going while he's the manager. And, mm. you know, completely understand, fair play to them, you know, having their principles and their morals because I couldn't do it. You've just been away from Gullis for the last year and a half. has been horrible. You know, it's just, it's more than just, the, it's the way of life. It's the people, it's the social aspect to it. That mm. The day out I miss as much as anything, you know, even meeting up with you lads in the airport, that, that's all part of the experience for us and having a beer and, you slagging me about my hair and all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> well, look, I'm no, I'm not pleased with it, but I mean, there's nothing we can do now. Um, it, it, it could be, it could be a car crash. There's going to be lads that are going to be at the Southampton game to have banners that won't accept them. I've seen people saying, "If he wins something for us, I won't accept him. He's not my manager." And that's that. That's the. Um, that's the chance that Mashiri's after taking. There's a huge divide and. Ultimately, to be successful, you would feel like all the fans have to be united and we all have to be pulling in the same direction. And, you know, it just brings so many. It brings more questions and answers about mm. the plan of the club, the structure, the director of football, you know, how it's going to work and what way we want to go, what kind of club we want to be. Is it a stability question? Going into the new stadium, you know, trying to get a lend of money. Benitez, a stable manager that has the experience, but at the same time, that has a, the opposite effect because of the, you know, the, the disappointment and the anger and the divide amongst the fan base. So it's for a neutral, I'd say it's sit back and watch it all transpire because it's going to be intriguing one way or another mm. to see. A, it's going to be a disaster, or B, when you least expect it, maybe it'll it'll just work because yeah. we've thrown enough shit against the wall, it hasn't stuck. So I mean, hopefully this time it'll it'll work out. Um, yeah, we 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 no choice but to go with it. We're back for pre-season now on the fifth of July, and ultimately, as Richie touched on, 
the recruitment has to be the same regardless because we know what we need. It can't be a case of we have to reassess the squad and see who he wants. This is where the continuity from the director of football has to come in. Brands mm. knows we need pace, we need power, we need wingers, we need a right. That all should still apply. So I think if the if the club can get a few decent players in, if one or two big name players, it might calm people down a bit going into the season and get a bit more optimism going forward because let's be honest, the bar is low. I mean, finishing above tenth is progress on last season for Benitez and as much as you know, I don't like him and I'm not pleased about it. And out of all the managers there that were available, his CV is probably historically his CV is probably the best. Mm. Taking everything else over, taking the Liverpool connection and what stage he's at, it's probably the best available. So, you know, we, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's just a strange. I, I, I. Personally, I think it's a very selfish thing on, on his point of view for me because like that, it's a no-brainer, like Chris said. He, like, he lives down the road. He could probably walk to him from the ground, to be honest. But uh, I just I, I just think it's all about him. It's not about what, what he can do or whatever uh, or how far he can bring us. Or, I just think it's it's just all about him. And To be honest, Richard, I thought Marsh would have learned this lesson after her and Sam Allardyce, I mean, Jesus, the, the, the more that one, like, on, like Chris said, I'll be there, Southampton game, I'll be there, I'll be standing there, hopefully get a ticket, to be honest, but, um, I, I won't clap, I didn't for Allardyce, some friends beside me, you're not clapping, he's our new manager, I said, don't like the chap, I'll do the same for Benitez, I won't clap, I won't be, I just not, listen, at the end of the day, we want him to be successful, because it means we're doing well, but, He's just, he's just not for me at all. But I just think it's a selfish thing on his point of view, Rich. Yeah, I mean, just on the selfish, I suppose you look at any professional in that industry, be it a player, be it a manager, and they're all selfish. They're all just looking out yeah, for themselves. Yeah. Whether you say, right, I want to look at anyone who takes a move, you know, who puts themselves out there and say, it's all for themselves. There's very few that are loyal to anything now. That mm. that's, And you have to look at it or, and... and hope that he's a professional and he's just out there to do the best job that he can and to keep proving himself because yes he lives close and and he's attached to the city and stuff but he doesn't need the aggro so why would he take it on if he doesn't want to prove a point I suppose first of all to to us to the outside football world and to himself that he can still do it at this level and I think that only provided it works because it can all blow up you know but provided it works it's only can only work in our favour if it, if it is that he has so much to prove to try to win us over. The honeymoon period will be non-existent, you know. Yeah, he, won't have, he won't have a minute. No, no, it's hit no. the ground running like or you're going to be fighting a, a, a complete uphill battle. But yeah, I don't think he needed to do it. You know, loves to, you know, by all accounts, kind of eat, sleeps, breed football and just wants it. And look, if your family is there, yes, it's convenient. But at 60 odd, do you, do you need this hassle? So I think showing the balls to take it on has to be something to count for, especially with his legacy on the other side as well. It would have been easy for him to sit back and say, but look, I suppose we're kind of on the cusp where we should be doing, we should be a lot more successful than we have been of late. So it's probably a last Mm -hmm. chance for him to 
get to an elite level to get back managing someone in the Premier League. He doesn't want to go abroad again. So where else? Where else does he go? Um, that's not saying that it should be us, and we should be open, kind of opening our arms to say, "Oh yeah, come in, we'll take you in." But for me, the fact that he's been brazen enough to put his name forward and to go ahead with it after all the stuff that that's gone on the last couple of weeks, just hoping more than anything, it's just hope. You know, you know, there's nothing to back it up at this stage that he that he has something to prove and that he'll be able to do it. I think it's interesting as well that this Duncan Ferguson thing, Chris, it's just it's like something wasn't part of any deal that like any manager comes in has to have Ferguson with him because it could have put some managers off. See both sides of the argument, Joe, in fairness. Um, you know, is Duncan, don't get oh, me wrong, and you yeah, know, he's no, one of us. His, his wardrobe was just everything track suits. <laughs> he could be in the Asda and he has his tracky on him. Nothing against him, but obviously, the question has to be asked is to an extent, not even just Duncan, but you know, it, it, there's a lot of jobs for the boys in the club, you know, with, with sort of the coaching younger teams and you know, you team directors and all these sort of jobs that have been made and. You know, the, you beg the question, is there better out there? You know, it's great mm. to have Everton people around the club, but I mean, surely not regardless, there has to be a time when sentiment has to take a back seat and you just put the best man for the job in these positions. Yeah. Um, look, we don't know what Dunk, as a coach's credentials, really what he's like on the training ground and how, how you know, highly thought of he is. Is it a case, like obviously Nuno was one example, he wanted a lot of backroom team and there was rumours that, you know, he wanted his own lads in and Everton wanted to keep Duncan on board. And it is good to have that input as well. But, you know, that brings you back to the question of wanted Ferguson as the manager. I mean, you, you just can't see, you know, you'd have to go and if he really wanted to be a manager, he'd have to go and leave the club and manage Preston or Hibernian or Aberdeen or like mm. Gerard has done, go yeah. out and build himself up and get some experience at not the elite level but at a at a different level because it's it's kind of it's completely different when you know it's all well and good having your input from the side and being an assistant but when you're the man and ultimately the final call is with you it's a different ball game so you know is Dunk just happy enough to hang around the club get paid and you know, of course, he gives a hundred percent, and it means everything to him. But you can understand both sides of the argument. Is it better to just have a clear out and just get the best man for the job in, or you keep the Everton, you know, the coaches around, the fans around the club that care about the club? Like, has it been to our hindrance? You know, is that part of the reason we have been a failure since Mashiri came in, or? Would we be better off without them? You know, it's it's a tough one to gauge, but it could be a safety net as well if things go tits yeah. up and Benitez, Dunk is there, ready to step in in the case of an emergency. You know, you, you just don't really know. And there's been so little communication from the club. I know Mashiri kind of came out with a little Q&A on the website yesterday, which which is unusual for an owner to come out, but obviously he felt the need to justify his decision. 
he was also out on Talksport earlier. I just seen a little clip. He was talking to his pal Jim again. Oh, but he was God. saying, look, look, I'm a fan. He says, when the fans wanted Martinez out and they were protesting, I listened. I got rid of him. When they wanted Silva out, I listened. So I think he was kind of saying, I've listened to the fans, you know, on previous occasions. Just this is my decision now and I'm going to, you know, go with this, kind of having to justify himself a bit. But at the same time, fans aren't always right. You know, we we pay mm. our money and we want to be entertained, and it, it's it's our life. Everything is, you know, as that's much exactly as they do it. a head in. That's just we can't just switch that button off and we're out, and that's it. Regardless of who the manager is, or you know, if we were in the championship, if we we're in League One, we'd still be going over because just just the way we are, we can't just not go. But um, we're not always right. Really, you know, um, I mean, what if what if they listened to the fans in the eight nineteen eighties and got Howard Kendall out when you know the white seats were yeah. being thrown onto the pitch and there was protests? We want Kendall out. What if we were listening to them? Mm. You know, so it doesn't always work out that way. And I'm not just this isn't me saying I want Benitez. I, as I said, I don't. But I'm just trying to understand from a club perspective why the decision's been made and why they've went with them and you're trying to see both sides of the argument to be honest you know yeah exactly I just wonder like I know people, Chris said fans aren't aren't always right but this was a football decision which sort of been left to football people as much as Mosh owns the club now or whatever and his money like he throws it in he's entitled to his opinion but it's a football decision and it should have been made by football people i.e. brands or someone else it clearly wasn't no I think look I initially I was saying look that the decision lies with the board that they kind of they live and die by their decisions and there's a couple of them there and they should all be take credit if, if things work out and take the and take the flack if it doesn't but you know he's pretty much come out and said that this was his his decision but you know he's put his name on it so I, th- I kind of agree with Chris there what he was saying about listening to the fans for different things and I don't know again kind of taking to Chelsea and just the ruthlessness of Abramovich and say right to get rid of someone like Lampard because you know what I need to make a move and just put the sentiment aside because he's about mm. success and this is what what you have to do and don't know kind of I know you kind of you, we can go back to Allardyce and making kind of wrong decisions there and probably jump the gun because we weren't going to go down and stuff but he's protecting his asset too, you know, that if anything, if we were to drop, to drop a division or whatever, you know, his, his, his money is plundering there and he's put in so much. And as much as we say, leave it to the football people, very hard, you know, when you're, when you're the owner and it's all coming through, you're going to have the final say and you can get opinions and you can get, there's more. Than, and I suppose that's the thing with Mashiri is it seems that there's a lot more than the board and you've the board in one ear, but then you've, agents that are dealing with him and stuff in another ear and stuff and that are plugging to him kind of all the time and, and, and stuff like that and by all accounts Uzmanov is kind of pulling strings from above and stuff as well so there's so much going on that we have no idea of you know but mm. I, I mean look I suppose we spoke and said we wanted to change and to go with a brand's decision and stuff like that and let him kind of take control so that we have continuity and we can build and stuff but he doesn't seem to want to do it you know so I, I, I think given Brands is there for however long um, and it hasn't changed. I can't really see a change now given that he signed a new contract and maybe it's not in his remit. You know, again, mm. we don't know what his 
he might director of football, but it may not be anything to do with hiring a manager. It might be just recruiting players and you know restructuring an academy. We don't know this stuff, which is frustrating because then we don't know where to direct our or where to point the finger when shit goes belly up. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point because like the club been very very quiet recently. Now, someone said the other day they don't have to tell us anything. They don't have to say a word to us. But Chris, it's been very, very quiet. And I think that was half of the problem that they weren't coming out and even giving a a statement, even a short sentence, we're interviewing this person, we're interviewing that. And I think as much as you said, they listen to the fans, they kind of have to tell us a little bit more, really. The problem with the board is, Richie said there, there's no accountability, really. You know, it seems like it's one happy family. You know, when the decision is made, they all kind of, they're all in it together. But, you know, in any job, if you're not doing your job or you make a balls of things, you're held accountable by your superiors, you know. It doesn't yeah. seem to be the case at Everton. Um, look, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but there's been no changes to the board in five years since Mashiri took over, apart from uh, Raktovich or whatever his name is, the financial fella, you know. Um mm. Just, it just seems kind of all happy families, you know. But you could, again, look, I says I'm not sitting on the fence with everything. But if you are Mashiri and you're putting in, you've put in 500 million and you're going to be paying and borrowing another 500 million for a stadium, you need to be able to show the banks listen, we can meet our repayments because we're going to be in the Premier League, we're going to not finish any lower than this, we'll have this money coming in. so I'm sure there was a bit of that. He went for stability. I mean, when you look at the other managers out there that we were linked with, like Nuno, to be quite honest with you, I'm glad he went to Spurs. I, I know you liked him, Joe, but it just wasn't for me personally. Um, I, just, I just wanted something fresh, to be honest. I really did. I just wanted something different. And this this is not different. Richie said earlier, this is going to be the same tortured bullshit we've been watching for four or five years it's not going to be any difference so I just thought Nuno would have brought that difference to us Chris to be honest and then the fact Spurs gave him a two year deal doesn't exactly scream I have confidence in you to build uh, something here uh, either well, you know it's a bit of a strange that's, that's, that's Daniel Levy of Geek to sell though when you're <laughs> 10 choice and you know everything was in the public eye with him that they'd interviewed and they'd offered jobs and they were all walked away at the last minute so by all accounts, yeah. he, he wasn't impressive in the interviewing process as, as you know, as they hoped. Obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of us wanted Gaussier coming from Lille. Obviously, he's gone to Nice now, you know, done well last year. But when the board weighed up, he never managed in the Premier League. Not that it always matters. His English, by all accounts, isn't very good. So mm-hmm. that all went against him. Graham Potter, obviously, Brands is a big fan of. And, you know, I've said... I wouldn't be tremendously pleased with him, but I could understand if he was brought in his style of football. He could work in sync with brands and we could recruit certain players to fit a system, which is what we were, what we were kind of aiming towards, you know, but up by all accounts, again, he signed a new deal with Brighton last year. So the club obviously didn't want to be paying a big hefty compensation fee again for, for him, you know, and, um, that was another one. I mean, who who else did that really leave that was out there? 
There was talk of Silva for a bit, but we would have had to wait till after the Euros, and that would have been a joke, to be honest, because Martinez, there would have been, been no oh, Martinez, sorry, um, Silva's in my head because he's, I think he's going to Fulham already today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if we if we would have had to wait for Martinez after the Euros, like you're looking at what two three weeks for him to get for the season and the transition back oh. into club football, yeah. like that was yeah, not gonna never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there wasn't, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot out there. Um, by all accounts, he, he's Benitez. Like by all accounts, he is a workaholic. He 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 does eat, sleep, and breathe football. Twenty four hours a day, he sleeps at the training ground. He's more he's more hands on than Ancelotti. He's you won't have coach. to know he's only down the road. <laughs> yeah, he's a coach. He'd be on the pitch coaching the players, organizing the players. But it comes back to the recruitment. If you give the guy some decent players. I'm sure he'll be able to get a tune out of them, you know. Um, yeah, look, there's just so many, so many questions that have to be answered, and there's such a divide amongst the fan base. You can understand all sides of the arguments. I'd never, I'd never shoot a fan down or start effing and blinding someone for having a difference in opinion. Mm. Everyone sees things differently. They have their own reasons. They have their own principles, their morals, their thoughts about the club, their, their own vision on how they want the club to be, but. Everyone is winning it within their rights, and it's a huge, huge risk. And look, you can't really blame Benitez for throwing his hat into it. He didn't employ himself; he just wants the job. You know, it makes sense for him. So, it's a big risk for Mashiri. He's obviously aware of the fan unrest. He's thrown his name in the hat, so he must have confidence that he's made the right choice from a business perspective. This is the best man for the job, regardless. So. Look, I hope he's proven right. There's so much aligning to suggest the opposite that it'll be a car crash on day one. If he doesn't start, if he we lose a derby, it'll turn sour against him. He's not going to get any benefit of doubt. So mm. I think getting a few good players in, getting a good start, and probably winning the first derby at Goodison are probably the only things that are really going to get people to not warm to him slightly, I would say. But he's never going to be generally massively accepted or loved amongst the fan base, regardless. So, I mean, if he can do a job like he done at different circumstances, of course, but he was hated at Chelsea. He got terrible grief, went in, didn't phase him. He was professional. He won the Europa League and he finished third. Now, obviously, we're not going to do that next season, but if he can be professional, do a job, he's, he's a cold individual somewhat that, he just he's not going to be an arm around a shawl he's a job to do and he'll go and do it well hopefully that's the case but we just have to wait and see yeah I think we'll just have to wait and see alright boys that was just a quick update today thanks for joining us it's just I still I, I just I don't know I'm all over the place I, I just I, I, do, I, I won't take them like I said earlier Chris is right and, and uh, there's actually a, I won't name there's a fella who he kind of has principles like that. He said, "Well, Bill Kenwright is still a good and I won't be there. And he hasn't gone over in donkey's years. So, yeah, I won't mention his name, but good horse. He's, he was ever a fan. And like that, he's, he's entitled to his opinion, but... Sure, yeah. yeah I, I, I'll be there, Southampton. We'll all be there, lads. We'll all be on the rush. Fingers crossed. You know, I mean, look, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. We're, we're crap so I mean chances are we're going to stay crap if we don't stay crap well then terrific 
you know yeah, yeah. I mean the yeah, bar so is just, low that's the thing so it should be you know success is what yeah Europe really I mean in all honesty we went far off last season but that home mm. record we had was atrocious mm. I mean I can take pragmatic football we've watched it with Ancelotti last year away from home you can understand going away being defensive and Hopefully, we'll have the players a bit of pace to play on the counter-attack. But at Goodison, you have to be able to open up and play good, fluent ball against the lesser teams. You, you can understand a bit, a bit of both. It has to be a bit of adventure. There has to be. Like, like we won't take that. We genuinely, especially with him. I mean, like I said, there's no honeymoon period. Not a minute. So, he's under pressure from the very, very first whistle. And like that, at the Southampton game, if teams aren't going well for the first 20 minutes... I think I'll bring earplugs in. <laughs> I think that'll be key, Joe, because yeah. first game back as well, it'll be our first time, well, hopefully our first time in full Gullison in a year and a half and everyone will be buzzing regardless. Just mm. just to be out, to be at the game, to be in the pub, it'll be a good atmosphere and yeah. it always is first game of the season. So if we can use that early momentum and we can get ahead in the game early on and we're, you know, that'll kind of, that, that'll be the way to start off really on a positive yeah. a bit of momentum but yeah look I don't know we just have to see as I said I might have come across a bit of probing ETS and trying to justify it it's not that at all it's just trying to understand everyone's point of view and try and dissect the reasoning behind it and the bar's reasoning and why fans were against it and you know that's the problem isn't it everyone is just so devoided and yeah, that's, that's the thing that gets me it's just the division now that's at the cause and, and I, just, I just hope I like that we get a couple of wins early on and, and everyone just comes back together because we just we just can't go through a season devoided but, but, can't, sorry Richard. no that division it's counterproductive and I think that's something that I know you said you won't clap or whatever but I don't think it's helping anyone by booing the team or booing Oh, 100%. When it blow, blows up, we know who to point the finger at, the guy who appointed him, you know. But I think kind of mm. when we go to Southampton or when we get back there, that we still have to support because it's in our interests, you know. It's not in our interest yeah. to go because it's we've seen how these players have reacted and they're fickle and they can down tools and stuff. And if we get on their back anymore, whatever, it's, it's not going to take a whole lot for the whole thing to for the arse to fall out of it again. And it's and that's basically my point. I just want what's best for the for the team, for the club, so that we can hopefully get some bit of success. You know, he's in. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. So I just want to enjoy going to the game, basically. Yeah, exactly. Here, here. All right, boys. I'm going back to enjoy my summer and uh, watch the Euros and We'll be back soon for a, a preview of who we haven't signed and who we haven't let go. <laughs> so, uh, listen, to, thanks for joining us today, lads. Talk to you soon. Take care. See you guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website at www.irish-toffees.com. We'll talk to you next time. Up the Toffees.